Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, let's get to John McClain, who's, uh, who, you know, I don't know if John has arrogance issues or not, but he is the Hall of Famer. He is our good friend. He's in West Palm Beach, and he's our senior Texans columnist. For SportsRadio610.com and GalleriesSports.com, John McClain. John, how is West Palm Beach treating you? Uh, it's treating me great. Great time to be here when they're not playing. and You can go watch them work out on all the fields and the batting cages and in the uh, side sessions in the bullpen. They throw six at a time. I'm fascinated watching the pitchers work on the pitch clocks with the pitching coaches, especially – Framber Valdez, they like to take a deep breath. I'm working on a column with him right now about that. And Luis Garcia likes to rock the baby. And Jose Altuve can't step out of the box now more than once. And you got to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left. So that's what spring training's for and exhibition games. They start uh, Friday. And so there's going to be, everybody believes there'll be a lot of violations on every team as they prepare for the start of the season, and uh, which could get off to a, a very controversial start considering how many guys will accidentally violate these rules. Yeah, I guess, um, yeah, there's no, there's no phase-in period, huh? They're just going right off the bat, and they're going to be super strict about it to try to, to – try. I, I don't know, John. I guess I read an article about, um, you know, a couple times when they phased the pitch clock in mid-season in, in minor leagues, and – it was like a, a several week transition to where it stopped being much of an issue. So I think by hopefully by the end of spring training, it'll be all right. Have you seen any visible frustration from people with any of it? No, because at this time of year, everybody's so relaxed. There's nobody like Sean, nobody arrogant about anything <laughs> this time of year. And Promber Valdez and Luis Garcia, they're confident. Get it out of the way now because when the season begins, they don't want – the clock to be an issue and everybody has been asked about the shift of course and Jeremy Pena who I'll be writing a column about later today was talking about you get to cover more ground athleticism is more important in the field Bregman said whatever I can't get to I'm sure Jeremy will so it's kind of exciting you know they're they may not like the rules but they've been implemented and now they've got to adjust and it's creating kind of a buzz and I think when they start playing their exhibition games it'll be even more of a buzz and I can't wait to see or hear them uh, and see how they go about it as they get ready for start of the season oh you know what yeah I thought about Bregman maybe Bregman's hamstrings will stay in better shape because he doesn't have to stretch those little legs of his out to try to hoof it to more balls with, with Pena right there. Have you seen Luis Garcia struggle with it at all? Or is he kind of getting constant correction on not taking that extra couple steps? I watched him uh, with um, Josh Miller, the pitch coach, and every, 
if nobody's on base, you have 15 seconds to get rid of the ball from the time it comes to your glove from the catcher. Now, uh, Hunter Brown had these rules last year. He just shrugged his shoulders. He said, you adjust and you move on. He said it was not an issue in the minors once we knew what the rules were. And he said, I don't think it will be here. And Garcia was in his windup under 15 seconds every time. And they think that the umpires, if you're in your windup, but the ball's not out of your hand, they're not going to call it. They'll right, but they were also leeway. Right, but they're also making him eliminate those extra steps that he was taking beforehand too, regardless yeah, of the I pitch haven't, clock. I haven't seen that. Uh, maybe they will because yeah. they've only been here for six workouts and the pitchers don't throw every day, but they're sure working with him on it. Hmm. Uh, so, John, is Jeremy Pena this incredible hulking beast that you describe him as in your Twitter feed right now? We've seen some pictures, uh, but the angles of the pictures can be deceiving sometimes. If you took Jeremy Pena and you put him in the Texans locker room and you told somebody that didn't know who he was, pick out the baseball player, nobody would pick him out because he looks like a strong safety. He is more – he's a little taller – and he said he gained three pounds of muscle. He's been lifting weights since his freshman year of college, and he has a program. He said, you can do damage in the weight room, or you can improve yourself. My goal is to improve myself. And he is ripped. You know, you, they don't, people don't seem with his shirt off like you do in the, in the clubhouse. And I mean, he's ripped. You see his, his biceps and his triceps. So he was asked about him. By some reporters, you can tell he's kind of embarrassed about it. And I'm thinking, well, wear a bigger shirt. And uh, because those shirts are so tight. And uh, and he just looks awesome. And watching him on one of the fields hit home run after home run to all fields is impressive. I've been watching Jose Abreu a lot because I'm going to be doing a column on him and what everybody says about him. And he hits a lot of line drives. He hits the ball hard. But I'm talking about – Pena is launching him. It, John, if you were to put Bryce Young in the locker room of the uh, fitness facility at Deloitte, the big four accounting firm, would you be able to pick him out from the other accountants? Would, you, would because, you say like a – Yeah, only because, Seth, he has some muscle definition, and yeah. I haven't seen an accountant who does. <laughs> but if you put him even in the Astros – locker room I was trying to think who are some of the smaller guys because Bryce Young you know he looks frail there was a picture of him somewhere I saw online where he was standing next to a couple of women and I'm thinking man I bet the Texans hope they're in high heels they they uh, were in heels and and everybody just seems to dwarf him and I'm going to the combine Monday and I can't wait for his weight and his measurement though there was a lot of anticipation for Kyler Murray but the thing about Murray was everybody knew how fast he was, how quick, and he had a really, really good arm. And I don't know if there's ever going to be the scrutiny of a player as there will be Bryce Young. And I can't wait to interview him and, and stand next to him and, and check him out in person. John McClain joining us live from West Palm Beach, Florida, at Astros Spring Training. Um, John, what's the concern level right, uh, right now down there about Jordan Alvarez's sore hand? We uh, talked to Dusty Baker about yesterday after Alvarez said through his interpreter, Jim Loyerera, that his hand was sore, so he's not hitting. It was his 
it was his left hand last year. He had treatment on the left hand, but went on the uh, injured reserve for his right hand. And Dusty Baker said, sometimes if you're a ball player, you wake up with sore hands. He said, I've had four operations on my hands when I play. And then he held up his hands and started showing them to us. He said, we got six weeks down here. He said, he'll tell us when he's ready to go. I'm not worried about it. Now, the guy that now the Astros claim they're not worried about Lance McCullers. We never see him. He's not worked out. They say he's working out indoors. And I'm thinking, well, why? And, uh, but he hadn't, he hasn't thrown in a week because he had soreness in his elbow. But in, and we're hoping that he talks to the media tomorrow because we haven't seen him in the, in the clubhouse. And, uh, so they say he's here though. And, uh, can't wait to hear what he says, and I guess until that soreness goes away, he's not going to throw. John, uh, moving back to the Texans, are you expecting any kind of movement on the Brandon Cooks front until after the draft, or is that something that they might just go ahead and slow play? I think they'll get rid of him, and I think they'll do it before the draft when they can get a pick, because you guys know how Casario likes to maneuver, manipulate the picks, maneuver around. They've got 11, two ones. And uh, if they could get another one, it might be – I'm guessing they might get a five, maybe a six that's conditional five, but I think he's got to go. They need to get some young talent receiver. If they get one really good receiver with John Mechie expected to return in the slot, then that would help the new quarterback. You know, we talk about the quarterback all the time. What if Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryan say, we'd rather have Jalen Carter or Will Anderson Jr. and we'll get a quarterback in with a 12th pick like Anthony Richardson or in the second round or we'll start Davis Mills again. You know, I think that would certainly dampen a lot of the enthusiasm because of the buildup for the franchise quarterback. Yeah, 100%, John. You nailed it. It, it will dampen the enthusiasm. And then D'Amico being the coach, I think, cushions some of that blow. If they hired Jonathan Gannon and then they did that, I think we would be. I won't say back to square one again, but it would be it would be bad. But D'Amico, D'Amico is a shield for a lot of things right now that they could do decision wise in the draft. John, as far as Cooks goes, I mean that's a lot of guaranteed money that if the Texans. Well, I mean, I I, I guess a team trading for Brandon Cooks um, is Brandon Cooks going to have to move off of his eighteen million dollar salary to get moved. It's not as though he's coming off a great year where he can just plunk the film down. You know what I mean? I think maybe another team would want to redo that contract, yeah. maybe give him some money up front and then stretch it out. But I just think he's got to go. You know, he was really close to Jack Easterby, and he hadn't been the same. And it just seems like he's not the kind of guy you want to start this new era with, considering how close he was with uh, with Easterby. The uh, Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft had the Texans taking Jordan Addison. I like Quentin Johnson from TCU. What, what, between those two wide receivers, which one do you think the Texans would prefer? Well, I know Addison was more productive at Pitt, and then he transferred to USC. But, man, Johnston's 6'4". He may, be, he may shrink at the combine. But you see him make acrobatic catches, and he can run. And that would give them two tall receivers on the outside. Nico Collins. I don't know what they think of Nico considering how much he's been hurt his first two years. That's never a good sign. But I'd rather have Johnston, mainly because I've seen him play a lot more than I have Addison. And Addison's six foot. He might be 5'11 next week. Um, But there's so much time to go. You don't know how these wide receivers are going to end up being ranked. 
I tell you, position, you know, they need a tight end. This is a great draft for tight ends. Three or four could go in the first round. I don't think they'll do it. But, you know, it's the start of a new era with a new head coach. And Nick Casario tries to accommodate his head coaches like D'Amico. And so I, I still think that the first two picks won't be offense. I think they need so much on defense. I think the 12th pick could be a defensive player. But, of course, a lot of it depends on what they do in free agency because we know they're going to sign a couple of noteworthy players. Yeah, the, what what aisle do you think they're going to be shopping in? What store, John, if we do equate it to a store? You know, you got Carlos Correa talks about you want to go to the Dior store and buy your high-level stuff, you buy your stuff. Are they going to be shopping for free agents in the Dior store? Or are they going to be more like Target, you know, like more, uh, you know, like Walmart level kind of? Like what, what aisle are they shopping in for free agents, do you think? Well, they've been at Walmart now for two years. They've been at the Dollar Target. Tree for two years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no offense, but they're not going to be shopping at Dior. They're not going to be shopping at the Galleria, but it might be a memorial where they're going to be somewhere in the middle. I could see them paying what we go. Wow, that's the most Casario's ever played, paid for a free agent for at least one and maybe two. But they have so many needs, they may need to spread it out. You know he's not going to go crazy like Jacksonville did last year, and Jacksonville has for years. But this past season, it paid off for the Jaguars. Of course, it helped that they have a generational quarterback. But uh, I think that uh, they're going to make a bigger splash in free agency than they've made in a long time. Yeah, you know, the the tight end part is interesting because – you know, I know we've all gotten tired of trying to figure out, like, hey, is Casario going to do what they do in New England? And yet, when I look at D'Amico with his background in San Francisco and Casario with his background in New England, man, they sure have done a good job with tight ends who are not first-rounders. The guys that went in the second, third, and Kittle was in the fifth round between, you know, Gronk and um, Gonzalez and Kittle. That I, I'm. Do you think it's – is that just – randomness or do you think that they just feel like okay we can do more with some of these guys we don't have to bother on taking a a tight end in the first round i don't think they will i think it's exactly like you just said Seth. they're going to take one could be in the third and when you look at all those tight ends you know travis kelsey wasn't the first or second round pick either and i think they'll find somebody depends on how much do they value blocking uh guys like kittle and kelsey they block some of these guys that come out can block. A couple of them are great receivers, like big wideouts. But because colleges throw the ball so much, these tight ends are coming into the NFL, and they look like big wide receivers. So I think they definitely, if there's not a veteran out there, they will make it a priority position by at least the third round. And uh, and I can't wait to see because, you know, Jordan Aikens flashed last year, but he's 30 years old. They're not going to commit to him. You know, they, they like uh, Tiggy Catoriano. He flashed a couple of times. Now, not enough to say, well, this is going to be the guy, but they're intrigued by him, but they've got to have another one. You know, it's a new era. If you had a, a, a wide receiver, say pick 12 like Johnston, then you had John Matthew, an extra second-round pick, and then you had a, a new tight end that people were fired up about, that would sure add some firepower to the offense for the new quarterback. Davis Mills probably back there going, why didn't I have this kind of benefit? Yeah, yep. John McClain is live in West Palm Beach. John, what do you got going on uh, on your uh, various platforms? 
I'm going to write a column for SportsRadio610.com Friday about uh, previewing the combine and how it relates to the Texans. I have a column up today on Jordan Alvarez on uh, GalleriesSports.com with uh, Christian and Todd Lewis. We have 10 new videos we put up every day. It's been a lot of fun. I'm working one now about Romer Valdez, and I'll have Jeremy Pena later today. I'm just living the dream, as I tell everybody. I'm a 71-year-old rookie when it comes to baseball. Yeah, it's good. You're doing good stuff, John. Appreciate that. Is it, is, are people throwing things at you in the background? What's going on there? Where are you right now? No, right now I'm in the house, just outside the clubhouse door okay. where it's quiet except for people coming in and out. Oh, okay, so that's a door opening and closing. I just want to make sure. Yeah. yeah, that's a loud noise right there. I just want to make sure you're not in any danger. You got you and I have to record a podcast in like three hours. So. I thought you were playing yep. one of those little I'll... games of the flick football with the little paper <laughs> the triangle. paper football. Yeah. yeah. It's the only place I could be where it's quiet. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Good stuff, John. I'll talk to you later on today. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, and by the way, it's our mailbag episode of the Utopia podcast. So if you want to email, email any questions, Astros or Texans related, or just general NFL, whatever, anything, mailbag at gmail.com. mailbag at gmail.com. Um, we've had some parades in this town over the last few years with the Astros. I do a national show on Sundays, and I read letters to the editor of the Kansas City paper from angry Chiefs fans because of their parade for the Super Bowl, and it turned into the biggest topic on my show. One more reason to get mad at Kansas City fans. Next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. Good to be with you. Big thanks to John McClain joining us live from West Palm Beach. Seth and I will be live in West Palm Beach next week. Sponsored by Shoppas. We'll be at Astros Spring Training. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. I got the list of games we're going to go to here. I'll get to that in a second. But the, I, I got to get to these Chiefs fans, Seth. I, I just jokingly read these letters on the air on my Sunday show, um, there were letters sent to the Kansas City Star from Kansas City Chiefs fans, and the tone of the letters was, this is the second Super Bowl parade I've had to go to where I've had to explain to my kids why their Kansas City Chiefs heroes are drinking beer on these floats. 
the general right. tone of the letters. Yeah. Were they were they upset with them drinking, or were they upset with the fact that like Mahomes was so drunk that he almost gave the Lombardi Trophy to let me, a random stranger? Let me read a couple of the excerpts, and oh, you, I'll let you be the judge. Here's one letter. I was surprised and dismayed to see that Patrick Mahomes and other players were drinking alcohol again. I felt okay. that way three years ago, and I thought there would have been enough negative feedback from the parents of children and teenagers voicing their concerns to the Chiefs' administration that it wouldn't be repeated. Next time there's a victory parade, please imbibe your alcohol privately and discreetly. Impressionable young people deserve better role models than what you've displayed twice. That's one letter. Um, I'll give you a little bit more here. If the Chiefs cannot go a few hours without alcohol, the organization (laughs) has a problem. I, for one, was sickened to see this for the second time. Some Chiefs even bragged through social media about how drunk they were afterward. I'm ashamed that players I cheered for could barely walk after they got off the bus. No doubt this spectacle... This is my favorite. No doubt this spectacle made the news in other cities. I was like, nah, it really did Nobody in another city cared about the Chiefs being true. Yeah, no, I knew there was a parade, but it does. Well, uh, no, like no doubt it made the spectacle. Like it made the news in other cities. It's like, yeah. it wasn't like people looked down on the city of Kansas City because of it. No. You know, and like, it wasn't oh, like, no. It, it Missouri has lost its way. Yeah, and it wasn't the lead story on the 6 o'clock news either. It was a story, though, like how drunk Mahomes was. Uh, he was he was he can't hold his liquor that guy. Yeah, gonna... I mean it was more of a like a social media meme type story than headline. Yeah. Mahomes uh, maybe yeah. although Mahomes almost handing over the Lombardi trophy to somebody probably did make headlines in some places. I assumed that like I just assumed that that was a replica trophy or something that maybe somebody had handed him and he wasn't but somebody did go to grab it as soon as he left. So anybody that didn't see the video, I was I kind of looked around to see if I could lo- find a longer version of it um and then I quit. But like he walks over to sign some autographs. He's got the Lombardi trophy in one hand. Then he hands it to somebody to hold so he can take a picture. And then he just starts walking back towards the float with the Lombardi trophy just sitting there in the crowd. Yeah. It was um which was a good look for Missouri cuz nobody tried to abscond with a Lombardi trophy. Yeah, dude. So uh, there you go. Plus I think they make a few of those things cuz I've seen a bunch of them in coaches offices. Like it's not oh, like really? they put the Yeah, okay. yeah. I, well Peterson used to have one during uh, I remember during Zoom the the during COVID that you'd see like several coaches had the Lombardi trophy behind them okay. in their office. So I think you could um you know that makes I think sense. There are a couple. Here's yeah. a here's a part that I was angry with as a Texans fan. Although I shouldn't get too angry because we have had two parades for our baseball team. But yeah. anytime anytime you're starting off a letter with this is the second straight parade in four years that I've had to go to and see yeah. XYZ see dot 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 just check yourself for a second. Just be glad that you had two parades in four years. I, 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 I tweeted this, and I feel this way. The Texans want to have a Super Bowl party for winning a Super Bowl. They can go ahead and shoot heroin on the float for all I care. <laughs> I don't see. I, I, I don't know. This might surprise you and others. I do feel, and I know that like sometimes because sometimes our listeners get upset when I use colorful language. Uh, well, there still might be children in the car, and I get it. I understand. I feel genuinely bad about it. Yeah. Sometimes just for the damn. For the damn integrity of the show, I have to go through with whatever was in my head. But I do think that like drinking to excess in front of kids is something that you should try to avoid 
It, like the, you shouldn't try to glorify, especially at like eleven a.m. in the morning. But I don't, I don't like. I've, I don't know. I feel I, I. It's the same way. Look, I'm not proud of it, Sean. Sometimes I listen to lyrics in songs these days, and I'm like, oh come on, fella. Uh, do you have to be quite so explicit? You know, back in the day, they'd at least take a metaphor out of it. Right. Uh, there's children listening. I, so, yeah, there's a little bit of me that thinks, like, okay, you don't have to set that example. Well, I'm story. with you in that, yeah, like, if you're at home and you're a father who's on his 10th beer right after breakfast and you're yelling at your family, <laughs> that's a problem. Like, doesn't a yeah. parade fall under a different set of rules? I don't know. I grew up, my, my dad's side of the family is pretty religious and they were teetotalers and it was pretty strict so like okay. i've always kind of i don't know i've got that in me where i'm like yeah you just you know but, but eh, half of them you know would go off to college and get obliterated and yeah. everything but then they would live the lie right. when they got back right. so just you know for the kids be sure you live the lie okay okay <laughs> I, well here's the thing here's what happened on my show when i read these letters yeah. is i got calls from people both in kansas city and outside of kansas city and they brought up, well, the Chiefs need to be careful with this because Andy Reid's son, a couple of years ago, right before the Super Bowl, Britt Reid, who's now in prison, yeah. got into yeah. a DUI accident, and there's a young girl that got hurt pretty bad. She didn't die, but she's she was injured pretty badly. So the Chiefs should be careful with that. They shouldn't allow their players to drink on the float because Andy Reid's son got into an accident for yeah. DUI. And I, I'm always hesitant to say, okay, because there was one bad apple – we should restrict everybody else's good time. And then, of course, when I do that, I have to caveat by saying I am anti-DUI. I just want people to know that. I'm well, a- yeah, I mean, yeah, there's responsible behavior even as you're drinking irresponsibly. Yes. That, uh, that, you should, you should, that most of the guys on the Chiefs are capable of affording for sure. Right. Which, uh, which I always, by the way, I always like that when people are like, how could the guy drive drunk? He had so much to lose. As opposed to anybody else. Like, yeah, like, yeah, everybody has a lot to lose. And your life. Like, your yeah. freedom is a big thing. Yes. Yeah, life, killing somebody is something. Yeah, so, like, yeah, don't ever fall your, don't ever, fall, kids, don't fall into that trap of thinking, like, well, an athlete can afford to ride home. Like, yeah. Right. So, whatever it takes, yeah, figure out a way to get home without having to uh, to do it. I'm, um, oh, God. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I don't remember. I insist. Um, the, I'm looking at the DM that I brought up before. McLean did an arrogance drive-by on me during our conversation with him. Uh, oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he here, here was the DM that I brought up. It's from a listener named uh, Fernando. Okay. Um, he says, dude, I'm a fan of the show. I just wish you would tone down the superiority complex you carry around. You come off as arrogant a lot of times. Seth is the complete opposite. I'm sure you don't care what one person thinks. That's how he ends it. I'm sure you don't care. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? I'm sure you don't care. I have a superiority complex. I'm arrogant a lot of times. Seth is the complete opposite. And I'm sure he's sure I don't care what he thinks. You want to hear my reply? I don't know. Oh, yeah. What would you reply? I replied. I replied. I said, I said, I know, LOL, I totally do. <laughs> we actually did a poll one time about whether or not I'm arrogant. I'll have to find it and send it to you. It was pretty funny. Surprisingly, maybe the majority thought I wasn't arrogant. Like Popeye says, I am what I am. Thanks for listening to the show, Fernando. Have a great Sunday. I wonder what parts of you, you know, you should ask him, like, uh, in, earnestly ask him, like, could you be specific about, like, what you find arrogant about me? Yeah. So I can, uh, so if I, I really can, cared. You know, ex- so I can <laughs> examine All right, myself. Whatever, dude. 
Is that? <laughs> I am curious. I don't know. He DM'd you. He did the courtesy of DMing you. So that means like it's a, he wasn't just trying to, you know, he wasn't just trying to troll you or anything. Yeah, yeah. It sounded like he was kind of genuine about no, it. No, and, and, and I was looking, and we had a pleasant exchange on Twitter just before this DM. You know what I mean? Oh, like, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. We had a pleasant exchange. He wasn't quite pleasant. He came at me with something, but I replied to him like, oh, yeah, ha, 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 you know, or whatever. And maybe he thought you're. Maybe he was trying to make a serious point, and you thought he was joking, and he and you dismissed it. Could have been. I don't know, Ben. Where do you come out on my arrogance? I'm just curious. You know, I along with Seth, I work with you. I see you as much as I see anybody in my family every day. You're not arrogant. I think this is my fault now for asking you for a legal ID. The- <laughs> No, he DM'd me this on the weekend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. McLean did yeah. a drive-by because of me, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... The- well, and then I called it out. Yeah. <laughs> right. that was a, no, this was an independent accusation of Yes, arrogance. no, this happened a few days ago. <laughs> it happens pretty regularly. What, what, didn't we did that? Somebody did a poll of who are the most arrogant guys at 6'10", and I thought that were Clinton and I at the bottom... Yeah, I forget. I think, yes, I think yes. Clint and I were the lowest, yes. lowest arrogance level. Yeah. yeah, um, Landry did not do well in that, and I don't think Landry's <laughs> that <laughs> arrogant, honestly. Like, I don't think Landry's arrogant. He's just very forceful in his takes. Um, I I did a poll where I asked people if I am arrogant, like, because remember that guy yeah. came up to me at Lizards and said, like, oh yeah, I listen to the station all the time. I listen to Payne and Pendergast, and that Pendergast is so arrogant. He's saying it to me. <laughs> And I agreed with that. That sounds like really that. elitist, but damn it, it's true. I said That's hard to, it's, it's hard to argue against. When somebody accuses you of arrogance, it's hard to, uh, like, you basically have to stand up for yourself, but with humility. Right. Like you, have to, you have to extol your own virtues um, while claiming that you're not arrogant. And that's a, that's a fine line to walk. What I, what I chose to do was just act like I wasn't Pendergast and, uh, and, and empathize with the guy at the moment. I'm like, I know, that guy's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't it later come up? Didn't you kind of tell him the truth? Like I did. I, well, eventually, yes. And he felt he was very embarrassed by that. <laughs> Sean just, okay, text line. <laughs> Sean's just always on his high horse looking down at us. Um, <laughs> yeah. So is, uh, is Sean more arrogant than show is a diva? So is Sean, uh, is Sean, <laughs> Am I more, is show's a diva? Are show's diva qualities greater than my arrogant qualities? Is show a diva or does he just not know how to ride a bike? <laughs> Like, which, which makes it somehow feel like that feels like something a diva would do. Like, I don't ride a bike, and would, no, I will not learn. Why would I ride a bike? <laughs> Yuck! Can can show swim? I don't know. I'm not. I sure. feel like if he if he never swam or rode a bike, then he missed out yeah, on like a lot of childhood. Yeah, of the joys of childhood. I mean, yeah. yes, exactly. Like no video games, and then pretty much if there were no video games, and it means all he did was just sit there and stare straight ahead for eighteen years. <laughs> all right, uh, let's see. Seth not arrogant at all. Sean definitely yes. <laughs> um, Lopez is the most arrogant. Okay, yeah, Lopez Sean- didn't do well in that either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean is definitely not arrogant, and arrogant people are my top pet peeve. Okay. That sounds like an air. That sounds like an arrogance connoisseur. That, right. uh, that that's saying that you're not you're <laughs> an not arrogance arrogant. expert, an arrogance aficionado. <laughs> uh, all right, keep them coming on the text page, the trailer wheel and frame text page. Trailer wheel and frame.
percentage chance James Harden could be back with the Rockets. This number is going to rattle some people, I think. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> we will get to that next. You arrogant son of a... Yeah. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents... Payne and Pendergast. Okay, well, I know we're not going to talk business, so I'll just say, go Rockets. Hey, absolutely. <laughs> we, we got, thank God, we got ten days off. <laughs> Thanks so Pray much. Pray for Victor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Happy Mardi Gras. Pray for Victor, says Tillman Fertitta. Sixty-five point five percent of nearly three thousand voters say, if you can only have one, Victor Wembanyama or Bryce Young. Bryce Young to the Texans. Uh, Victor Wembanyama of the Rockets, sixty-five point five percent say, "Give me the uni- the seven foot four unicorn, Victor Wembanyama." We'll find a we'll find a quarterback somewhere else. Uh, is what thirty-four point five percent are saying. As we welcome you back in Payne and Pendergast Sports Radio six ten. That was Tillman Fertitta at the Mardi Gras celebration in Galveston on Saturday night. Made a lot of news with screaming, "Pray for Victor!" As in, pray for the ping pong balls to fall the Rockets' way. They. They can finish with one of the three worst records. Still, the best chance they'll have is 14% for the uh, star, the teenage star in France right now. Um, Kelly Eco was on um, Channel 2. I think it might have been Sports Sunday that he was on. He was with Ari Alexander. They were doing a segment on TV on Channel 2 this weekend. And they did one of these things, Seth, where they were doing like what – what percent chance out of 10 this could happen or that could happen, you know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. Different aspects of the Rockets. Kelly Iko, who covers the Rockets for the Athletic, does a really good job. Um, percent chance that James Harden returns to the Houston Rockets this offseason. Kelly Iko, 
gave it a seven out of ten chance that James Harden is a Houston Rocket. Yeah. in twenty twenty three. That buzz, you know. The, um, I guess the the question I always have with this, and I'm not asking it rhetorically. It's a genuine question. Um, why? Like, like honestly, is there a reason other than nostalgia and that he owns a restaurant in Houston? If you were to look at it, if you were to look at it objectively and look at this core of of young players and potentially one more big name coming in, exactly like if James Harden had no history with the Rockets at all, would you look at the available veterans out there and say, yeah, James Harden is the guy we need to bring in for this? It's interesting. It's a, it, it's, it is the question. You're absolutely right about this. I, I'll say this about where this franchise is right now. And I'm going to, for the moment, I'm just going to put the chances of getting Wembayama aside because they only have a 14% chance of getting him. Um, this is a team that is rudderless right now. This is a yeah. directionless franchise on the court right now the young guys don't seem to be playing hard at all for silas my guess is they're going to make a coaching change after the year so that should hopefully inject some leadership into this thing this team is in dire need and i know i i know we're talking about harden here but i'm just making a general statement yeah this team is in dire need of some older players on this basketball team right which is i guess and again my question is okay if you want to if you want an older guy to come in and inject some kind of stability this is the guy who very specifically jetted out of town because the team was like this. Yeah. Because they were because they were rudderless and because it looked like they weren't good enough. Like Harden was not the guy that was going to fix it in that situation. He just got the hell out because of that because the team wasn't good enough. And also like even if he were to come back and be more of a veteran type of leader, is his the style of play? that's the best and most conducive towards, you know, bringing along a bunch of younger guys that I, 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 I'm not, I'm asking the genuine question. Yeah. Yeah. No, if if you remove any nostalgia from it, I don't get the appeal. And I want to give you a a, a genuine answer too to the question, which I, I think in Philly, he has dialed his isolation playback. Like he has become more of a facilitator there. We saw him as a facilitator for a season here where there was no second superstar back when, D'Antoni first got here, and he led the league in assists. Um, yeah, but he always, look, he's led the league in assists a bunch of times, or at the very top. That's different than, you know, that's different than running the, the offense like uh, the way Chris Paul would run the yeah, offense. Yeah, yeah, no, if it's, um, if it's the Harden that was scoring 30 points a game for 32 straight games because he's, he's throwing up 30 shots a night, then, yeah, your young guys are probably going to stagnate. It's going to be hard to have Jalen Green on the same team as that. So I, yes, like there, there would need to be caveats that come with this. James obviously would have to have an expectation that he's not on a title contender because that's what led to him wanting out of here is he looked around and said, okay, I, I, I want to win a ring. I can't win a ring anymore. He may arrive at a place in his career where he says, that's not as important to me now. My important thing is I love Houston. My home is in Houston. I want to play for the Rockets. I, I, I like being a big fish in a smaller pond, not Philly yeah. or Brooklyn or something like that. There's probably something to that. And, yeah, the style of play would have to probably change, too. There would be – yeah, I'm, so all the things you're bringing up as concerns, Seth, are, are valid concerns. This team is just – it's like it would make it interesting at least. <laughs> like, I guess I, they're just I, not interesting, interesting right now. I just – and honestly, at the like, I, and I understand the various strategic reasons and everything, but like, this is the very guy <laughs> – yeah. This is like if this is like if your wife leaves you for uh for for the guitarists in a band um and your your life falls apart because of it. 
Like, her showing up five years later, being like, hey, I'm moving in with the guitarist. Cool? And like, like, no, it's not cool. I've, we're like this because of you. Yeah. I don't understand the appeal. Uh, the only- I, I feel like you're, ter- you're just branding yourself like a ballsless cuckold to, excuse my language, um, to, the, the, to look at James Harden as the savior. He's the guy that sent you into this tumult. Yeah. My God. And I appreciate Everything he did for the Rockets and how good they were. It's just sometimes things run their course. Like, he tried to tell you that several years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I, I guess the one thing I would say is, okay, well, th- this this being a story shouldn't come as a total surprise because there were stories. Right after James left, there were stories out there publicly and privately that they left, they left things on good terms with James. I talked to the people in the organization, Seth, that they said, we wouldn't be surprised if James came back and played for the Rockets again someday. And I reacted yeah. the same way you did in this segment right here, which is, are you kidding me? So maybe I'm softened to it a little bit. I, I, I'm not rooting for it necessarily. If it happened, if it happened a year ago, I would have been like, I would have been out. You know how I felt about Harden a yeah. year ago. I would have been outraged. I, I've softened just, on that. The, the part that people like know about Harden, like in his constitution, he's not a leader. Like he's just not. Yeah. You know, like that was one of his weaknesses. If you want him to be your alpha, he's not a leader. Yeah. He will just go with the course. And like, so for him to come in and somehow he's going to be the guy that's going to snap everybody into shape. My God, I just, I don't get it. Um, when we were on the topic of you and I, and, uh, well, we're on the topic of you being accused of being arrogant and, um, most people are saying that I don't seem like I'm arrogant. Lamont says that sometimes I do try to come off as the smartest guy in the room. Specifically, he spends a lot of time explaining routine items that everyone should know. I've had actual like arguments with Lamont about this. Um, and Lamont refuses to believe me. Like a lot of times when I explain something, it's because not everybody actually does know everything that you think the average sports fan should yeah. know, especially guys that are like in their early twenties. They might just, there's a lot of stuff that we think everybody knows that they don't. So that's like out of as a, a courtesy to the listener. Yeah. That, cause there's a lot of people that get into sports radio and it's a bunch of guys telling inside jokes and everything, or they're trying to listen to it and they're like, Oh, I don't need to listen to these old farts. So yeah, like if, and I figure that Lamont is smart enough that he can handle like hearing something for 10 seconds that he already knows without it, uh, ruining his day. Here's, here's how the, I, w- I internalize stuff like that is, At its best, this genre is when people, listeners, feel like they're sitting at a bar listening to a couple of their buddies talk and they're in on the conversation, right? I mean, that's always the metaphor that people have for successful sports talk radio, generally speaking. Um, Lamont feels like he's sitting at the bar with us and he's like the third guy sitting there and like, Seth, why are you explaining this to me? Like, I just started watching sports. It would be like if I were like if I were sitting with Lamont. It's a Lamont, compliment about your connection I, abilities. Right, right. But I can see where Lamont's coming from. To Lamont, it feels like this. Like I'm being like, uh, yeah, you know, like, the extreme example would be like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's uh, I worry about I, I worry about bringing a guy like uh, Harden in. Uh, you know, to, to be your guard when he's not actually even a traditional point. So you see, there's five different positions on the basketball court, Lamont. Um, there's, a, there's a point guard, a shooting guard. Um, right. uh, like that's an extreme example. We don't do that, but there's a little bit of that. I like, and I, Lamont, I'm totally aware of it. There's times where I'm explaining something where I feel like, okay, 90% of the audience is like, why is he explaining that? It's because of the 10% that we would love to like enjoy listening to us might not actually know all that stuff. Yeah. So you yeah. try to do it really quickly and move along. That's right. That's right. 
Um, Michael Beckman, diehard listener, says, Come on, listeners. Sean Pendergast is not arrogant, and Landry Locker is the opposite of being arrogant. Be careful regarding Landry. Don't mistake bad takes for arrogance. <laughs> and he says, just kidding. Or doubling down. Yeah. yeah, was, yeah. Uh, Seth, you're defending yourself by doing the exact thing. I know. I know. It's the irony. I know. Of no, that is the problem, though. In radio or, or podcasts or anything, usually a lot of times you kind of, as a listener, you're, you're, you're thinking about your experience. Yeah. And you're like, I don't need to know that. That's annoying. Why would you, why would you explain that to me? And, um, it, yeah, it's, uh, I, it feels very conspicuous when I do it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm talking down to them. But like when I'm explaining something to, to listeners that you already know, trust me, I'm not like thinking that you listening in your car are some idiot that doesn't know this. I'm just, I, I'm helping out the 10% that might not know it. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Um, if you want to get in, 713-572-4610. That's the trailer wheel and frame text page, as you can see. Reading all kinds of text today. Astros, Seth and I are on our way to West Palm Beach on Sunday. We're looking forward to that. Will the biggest concern that I have so far still be a concern on Sunday when we get there? That is next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 